Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today's show is from a recent live event Brian presented at. Let's listen in. Who's behind the curtain? First thing we're going to cover is the start. It's called Life in the Twister. Would it be fair to say we kind of live in the twister? Right? I mean, just stuff happens all the time. And the more successful you become, the more stuff you're going to have. Does that make sense? It's just the way it is. Just by sheer numbers and volume. I got it going on. I got a number of businesses. I got Buffco. I got speaking. I got this going on. I got that going on. We got six kids all doing this and that and the other and here and there and whatever else. You know, it's great. Right? We're on a planet that spins and we want to be busy. We want to be active. We want to be engaged. We want to be who we can be. So by very nature, we want to be busy. But sometimes it's like one domino falls and then a whole series of dominoes falls and we find we've given ourselves no margin. Would you guys agree? Anybody feel like that? Or am I just, is this just a catharsis for me up here? And you're paying for my therapy. Is that what this is? Great. Well, that's a good deal too. Life in the twister, three things. First thing, it moves fast. And life moves fast. I think that's the big issue that we're dealing with today in our world more than any other generation that's ever lived. Today, if you wanted to sit out in the front porch in most of the places that we live, people say, what, what's wrong? What, what are you doing out there? Does that make sense? I mean, my family has to fight and box out and do all kinds of things to have a meal together. Because everybody's... And no phones. Or to find a vacation. Like, you know, it's like, okay, normally as we go through our schedule, we're almost canceling things to make schedule time. Are you guys with me? Life is moving fast. And it's moving faster than ever before. And the culture we live in, and the media, and the phones, and the access, and the, the, and everything's ratcheted up. Which leaves us only time to react. Life in the twister leaves you time to react. And by the way, reaction means you live more by your emotions than your values. When you're caught in a spot where you just have time to react, you're living more by your emotions than you are by your values or your principles or even your disciplines, okay? And then we get what's called spatial disorientation. Spatial disorientation. What weighs up? Anybody here do any flying? Has tried to do any flying at all? Okay, it's a cool deal. You do a little flying. First, you fly by sight, visual flight recognition. And then you have to learn how to fly by instruments. You know, John F. Kennedy Jr., when he died a few years ago, he left a couple hours later and he was supposed to, he and his wife, and they're flying, it gets dark. And what happens is if you don't know how to read the instruments, you can have what's called spatial disorientation. He was flying down, he thought he was flying straight. They didn't know. It was foggy, it was dark, and he plowed into the water and he killed himself and his wife because he had spatial disorientation. Let me share with you, there's many a good marriage, there's many a good health, there's many a good life, there's many a good business, there's many a kid has been ruined by spatial disorientation. And life in the twister leads us to that place, okay? And so we want to make sure. The very famous theologian, Ferris Bueller, said this. <laughs> life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. How many of you have ever watched Ferris Bueller? Okay, I mean, you watch I watched it with my kids, and my kids are like, yeah. But you know what? At the end of the day, I mean, okay, he broke every rule there is. and da, da, da. He might have had it right. Like Ferris probably had it right. Look at the day he had. He drove the sports car and got to be in a parade and sang Twist and Shout and hanging out with his girl and this and that. Like, 
He had a day. And the rest of us might be a little screwed up. And sometimes I think it's okay to take a little stop on the twister. There's a very famous song that goes, you know, how did I end up here? I have some millennials in the research department, and it is interesting having to translate everything. <laughs> but I was telling them, like, what happens is I started singing the song from Talking Heads. How many of you remember Talking Heads? Remember the guy with the giant shoulder pads? And you may ask yourself, how did I get here? How did I have this big house? How do I have this car? How do I have this beautiful wife? And I, I, you may ask yourself, how did I get here? Isn't that what happened to Dorothy? Okay, she got in the twister and boom. Where the heck am I? Have you ever had a house land on you? I'll bet you have. You ever gone through tragedy setbacks? Ever lost anything or anyone? The house landed on you. You ever had the health setback? Family member gets sick? House lands on you. It happens. It happens. And sometimes when the house lands on you, that becomes the timeout. That becomes the timeout. We get the timeout when we get the bad diagnosis. We get the timeout when the crisis happens. We get the timeout. And in the meantime, we're just in the twister. And it's very important that we learn to opt in and opt out of the twister. Are you guys with me? And it's choices that we make. Could you get more? Yeah. But does this mean I might have less? Yeah. How did I end up here? So first of all, let's fess up. So let's be honest. We like the twister. Come on. I mean, here's the thing. This is a room full of adrenaline junkies. Right? So why do we like the twister? First, lots of movement. Why do we like movement? Why do we like movement? It feels like progress. Is it? Not necessarily. Great writer Alfred Monopart said this, don't confuse motion and progress. A rocking horse keeps moving, but doesn't make any progress. Rocking horse goes back and forth. There's lots of action, but they're not going anywhere. Oh, by the way, that type of boredom is I have seen people absolutely undermine their success constantly. They're doing well. Sometimes progress is silent. Sometimes growth shows no sign. That's true. Sometimes it's like, I have to be going backwards because it feels, reactions, it feels like I'm going backwards. This hasn't happened quick enough. I'm not seeing the results. What's going on? Let me do this. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Okay? And I've wasted a lot of time, energy, and money trying to fill those silent gaps on occasion. And all I was doing was riding a freaking rocking chair. Riding a rocking horse. I had movement, but I wasn't making progress. Are you guys with me? So we like movement. Next, we like lots of new things. Okay? One eyed dog in the meat market. Hey, new, look at this app. Hey, I got this. Hey, and in the ADD world, I'm telling you, they've done the science on this. The attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds, the current attention span of an American is seven seconds. They are having trouble. Baseball's in trouble. Golf's in trouble. Football is starting to be in trouble. Golf's in trouble. People are like, five hours? I can play a video game and get 18 holes done in 50 minutes. Baseball's demographic is a year older every year. The games are going longer and longer and longer. People are like, Because it was built for a different generation. It was built for the radio. Baseball was built for the radio. So what's happened is we have this. 
Now, just because that's going on, and we have to be aware of it market-wise and how to meet it, the Blitz is 10 weeks, it's 45 minutes. There's 45 minutes of video in the Blitz. But, we, that, you know, that's part of meeting the need of the marketplace. Are you guys with me? But it also doesn't mean we have to just get addicted to new things all the time. Next, the feeling of growth. Charles Spurgeon said growth can be painful. Change can be painful, but nothing's as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strengths. And so that's why you get this strong feeling. And lastly, we're all adrenaline junkies. No question about it. One of my millennial kids working for me came up with this one, so I said, let's go with it. This is a guy named Alex Honnold. That's him right there. Watch this. Tell me this isn't the millennials. If I'm going to do something, it's going to be sick. And it's going to be so cool. Or it's going to be the most hideous four seconds of my life while I free fall to the ground. <laughs> this is why we need to be rich. Because those are the people who are going to be in charge. And that's just where it is. You know? Think of your kids. That should motivate you. No, those people are going to be taking care of me. <laughs> All right. So let's dive in here. We're going to do some stuff. I think you're going to like this. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the Oz dynamic. The Oz dynamic. Uh, years ago, and we have some brilliant stuff we did in the early days of Peak, and I've got to figure out how to bring that stuff alive someday. But we talked about the true self and the false self. Does anybody remember when we covered some of those things? Very, very powerful, deep concepts that have been around for a long time. The true self of a person, the false self of a person. Well, another way to think of this in modern parlance is a person's image. And the first thing that we look at when it comes to Oz is that people interact with your image. They interact with your image. So here we are. Here's the true self. And then here is our image. You get an image because a lot of it's true. It's who you are. But the problem is after a while, people start to interact with the image. And so this happens in families. So families can sometimes talk to one another like they did when they were kids. And you're this and you're that and you're this and you're that. Because that's who you were 35 years ago. Right? And is some of that true? Sure it is. Why families do it is because this is what we have in common. Oh, Brian, when you were 15, that's what you used to do. When Kevin, when you were 10, that's what you used to do. Dharma, when you were, this is what you used to do. You have it in family. You can have it in every area of life. This is what you used to do. So it's, it's a connection point for relationship. Are you guys with me? But what happens is people start to interact with that, and then this becomes the image. And then you can find yourself having to live up to the image. Okay, you ready for this one? I think it's the number one reason for bankruptcy in America. There's things here that are true, but then all of a sudden this image comes, and then to live up to this image, I start to finance it. Think about it. What do we know about Oz? Who was he? He's, he's a promoter, right? He's out there doing his thing. He's, he was in the same business I'm in. He was in the hot air business. <laughs> right? So Oz, he had a hot air balloon. He's in a hot air business. He ends up landing in Oz. Wow, that's an amazing thing. And the guy had a lot of wisdom, right? I mean, the guy was sharp. And so then people start interacting with him. Well, now all of a sudden, he goes, well, this can't be all that. They had a need, and out of who he really was, interacts with what their need is. And I'm going to say this happens all throughout life. And the phrase, don't look behind the curtain, let me tell you, I, <laughs> you know, Booking famous people and speakers and this and, you know, that kind of place I run in. You want to know how hard it is? 
Because I'm first interacting with somebody's image. And then you connect and then it's like... <laughs> this is nuts. And sometimes what happens is the person starts to live in that image. And no matter how solid a person you are, you'll be influenced by that. Okay? Because then your image becomes shaped by others. Your image becomes shaped by others. The Emerald City was built by other people. The Emerald City. Now, once you start perpetuating the image, the image grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And that's why sometimes it's hard to call time out and get back to square one. Does that make sense? Okay. That often leads to people making dramatic decisions in their life. Because they end up down this path, down this path, down this path, and I, boom, i got to blow the whole thing up. And then what happens is perception becomes reality. Perception becomes reality. So now, real good guy starts to interact, starts to interact with the image, and now this becomes how they communicate. I do speaker training for our staff and whatever else. And when somebody goes to speaker training with me, they come out depressed. Because I'm constantly telling them what a trap it is, what a trap it is, what a trap it is, what a trap it is. To be authentic and to be able to communicate. Because when people come and they give you their time, they give you a certain amount of trust, they give you this energy, you get this acknowledgement, whatever else. It's a trap. And what happened? I've seen it over and over and over and over again. Not once or twice, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And that's just one example. Is because the image takes over the person. By the way, is there any of that in the real estate business? I've been backstage at one of the largest companies in the world where the number one team leader, the number one agent in the world for that company is getting an award and the wife is backstage going, please help us. We're 90 days from bankruptcy. Our life is chaos. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. So, Oz starts to interact with his database like this. I'll show you a little video you'll all be familiar with, okay? And so this is how Oz interacts. Let's take a look at that, Dan. Look at that! <laughs> I want to go home! I am Oz, the great and powerful. Who are you? Who are you? Okay, two extraordinarily important things. And this is why I'm a little bit of a freak, and I'll watch that movie 40 times so I can come and tell you. When you interact with the false image of somebody else, they'll say, I am this image. And then they'll challenge you with this. Who are you? When you meet someone who's living in their image, they will usually, because they're living in that image, attack you for who you're trying to be and undermine you, and they will have you talking to yourself. And you're over here trying to be a little old true-to-yourself deal, and the more successful you become, you'll see this more and more and more, as I, I am this, who are you? A couple weeks ago, I was out in Nashville meeting with people who wanted offered us a TV show, some publishers, promotional people, promo folks that run... It was kind of interesting. You see the machine. Let me put it. They run the promo campaign for both Hillary and Trump. When you see sausage being made, boys and girls, I promise you, you will not get so worked up about the political stuff. You will not. Because when you see how it's being made. 
But it was this and this and this. And there was so much we do this and we do that and we can do this and we can do that. And ba 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 And I'm with Dermot. And Dermot knows. Dermot always laughs. He's just sitting there. He knows. He knows at some point I'm going to start asking questions. In an enthusiastic, detective kind of way. Just, just one more time. And an hour into it, well, you know, yeah, yeah, my life sucks. Yes, yes, keep talking. And yeah, I did this for this guy, and he did this and this and this. Yeah, but here was the outcome, and here's this, and here's that, and here's the other. Are you guys with me? They'll promise you the rose garden. The fact of the matter is, when you come in contact with the false image, the first thing will be the false presentation. Your first reaction to it will always be insecurity. And the second thing that you'll be attacked on is, who are you? Who are you? And you're doing it right. You're winning. You're a success by so many different criteria on so many different levels. But you're made to feel like you're not all that. You're not succeeding. You've done very little with your potential. And you're just this. Are you hearing me? So it's the Oz dynamic. And it exists everywhere. Here's the bottom line. It's hard to find your way back home. It's hard to find your way back home. It's hard. And home means being totally true to yourself. Understanding that that's where the power lies. That's where the strength is. That's where the gift is. That's what you bring to your business. That's what you bring to your relationships. That's what you bring to your life. It doesn't have to be some bull jive version of it, some social media version of it. If somebody came to me and said, I want to be as, as rich as possible, and I don't care how. I'd say, great. You can be as rich as you want if you have no scruples. You can be as famous as you want if you have no shame. I mean, if you really want to take it to the extreme, I, I would do a couple things. I would start a religion. Or I would buy a small island, declare war in America, have them destroy me, and then rebuild me. America's great at that. Just clear out when they're bombing and come back in. Yep, yeah, here we go. Go on, help me out. You can do those. I mean, you can be as famous as you want to be. Okay. And, and you guys know some of my relationships and you don't know some others, but I've watched it. I've watched it. I've watched it destroy families and all these kinds of things. And it's, oh man, meteoric rise. And it might have come with dough and it might have come with acknowledgement. It might have come with fame. It might have even come with fortune, but it came with disaster. What the White Hats is all about is you can be as rich and successful as you want to be and be true to yourself. Does that make sense? All right. Little writing exercise, and then I got some cool stuff for you that I think you're going to like. So, little writing exercise, all this is, now, this is not exhaustive. All I want to do is just get a one or two concepts out of your head down on a sheet of paper. Are you guys with me? Okay, we're in the early part of the game here. First inning. So, there's four questions. You can fill those in. So, it's my authentic self. Who am I really? Where am I at peace? Where am I most comfortable in my own skin? And where am I resolved not to compromise? So the question is, who am I really in your authentic self? Where am I at peace? Where am I most comfortable in my own skin? And where am I resolved to not compromise? So my authentic self, where am I at peace? Where am I most comfortable in my own skin? And where am I resolved not to compromise? So this is a great exercise we're going to do now, but this is also stuff to linger on and think about later on, okay? So cue classical Baroque style music, cue pens, whatever the first thing that comes into your mind without judgment, without censorship, without anything else, just throw a thought or a word or a sentence down in each category. 
So who am I really? In your authentic self, who are you? For real. Just what you know from your own heart. Where am I at peace? It could be when. Where am I comfortable in my own skin? When are you most comfortable? And where am I resolved not to compromise? Okay. We're just trying to get a few thoughts down right now. Okay. Now, when something like Wizard of Oz lasts 80 years, something like Ben-Hur, 70 years. Ben-Hur was written in the 1860s. And they first made it a play in the early 1900s. It was a play. And they used to do the chariot races on Broadway. They built these wooden treadmills. Ben-Hur has been made 21 times. Okay? Something like Star Wars that captures people's imagination. It's lots of sci-fi movies, but it captures something. It's a Wonderful Life. It captures something. The reason why these things become classics is that for some reason, people identify. So I'm going to show you right now why we identify with the four major characters in the movie. We also identify, we just talked about here a little bit with the wizard, and I'll talk more about that. I'm going to share with you where the identification is and how it can help us. Understanding why we identify, because they were on a journey, they were looking for something. You're on a journey, you're looking for something. Look at it. You travel halfway around the world, you got team members freaking out, you have any host of things, and you go, this is non-negotiable, I'm here. Why? Because this yellow brick road's a big deal to you people. Because you're growth people. Is that true? So we're going to identify with four characters who are so growth-focused, they risked a lot. They risked a lot. They got out of their comfort zones. They went into dangerous, hazardous things. Trees that threw apples at them. Monkeys that fly. Is there anything more terrifying than monkeys that can fly? Dear God, wicked witches and all kinds of stuff. Lions and tigers and bears. So here's why we identify with Dorothy. Here's why we identify with Dorothy. First, find where we truly belong. That deep resonance. And it's usually as much a who as it is where, to be honest with you. But we'll start there. Second, surrounded by those we love. And the big one, the big, big one. We already have everything we need. We know it consciously. But we're constantly under a barrage in world and life and so on and so forth. And our own doubts and our own fears and our own apprehensions, our own insecurities. And then people constantly saying, no, this is how you need to be and this is what it's supposed to be. And this is what you don't have and this is where you need to be. And ambition by itself, if you're an ambitious person, it should leave some gaps for you that you're trying to fill. So find where we truly belong, surrounded by those we love. We already have everything we need. Here's what I want you to do. Take your right hand. I want you to tap your chest. I want you to repeat after me, I have everything I need. Now I want you to say, I already have everything I need. One, two, three. I already have everything I need. I know that to be true from a theological place, from a relational place, from my own journey's place. We know this is not something I can just casually say. Nobody's ever done what we've done at Buffini and Company anywhere. And we know what we know. Great coaching is not an awful lot of what we put into you. Great coaching is what we pull out of you. There's instruction, there's training, there's technique, there's accountability, there's encouragement. There's all those things a coach brings to bear. But great coaching, 
always comes with great questions, creating an environment for someone to think and through a process as they develop. But ultimately, great coaching is pulling out of you what's already in there. A great coach, we describe it in our world as a megaphone. A great coach is a piece of blotting paper, and it pulls the greatness out of you. They pull the greatness out of you. Let me show you what greatness looks like. And in our culture today, in our world today, it would be ridiculed. And the first place of ridicule would be, in our world today, would be Dorothy. Saturday Night Live would do a lot of skits about Dorothy, if Dorothy was a public figure. Because she's so positive, and she's so encouraging, and she sees the best in everyone, and she constantly sees the best, and she's ferocious in her positivity, relentless in her positivity, to the point that our culture today would say there was something wrong with her. She's got her head in the clouds. She's Pollyanna. She's a dreamer. Is that true? Here's a little montage of Dorothy in action. This would get hammered in our world today. Take a look. Why, you did say something, didn't you? With the thoughts you'd be thinking you could be another Lincoln if you only had a brain. And I want to get back there so badly I'm going all the way to Emerald City to get the Wizard of Oz to help me. A man made out of tin. Yes. Well, you're perfect now. Oh, 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 oh. Are you all right? That was wonderful. You know, we were just wondering why you couldn't come with us to the Emerald City to ask the Wizard of Oz for a heart. Oh, but he will. He must. We've come such a long way already. Oh, you're the best friends anybody ever had. Why don't you come along with us? We're on our way to see the wizard now, to get him a heart. And him a brain. I'm sure he could give you some courage. Well, it's all right now. The wizard will fix everything. It's beautiful, isn't it? Just like I knew it would be. He really must be a wonderful wizard to live in a city like that. Well, come on, then. What are we waiting for? Nothing. Let's hurry. Relentlessly positive. When the lion's crying, she's wiping the tears. She's getting everybody on board. Hell of a saleswoman. Is that true? Okay, you come join me, and you come join me, and you come join me. I'm going to say this. Listen, without all the knocks, without all the hits, with a few scars from the parents, from the family, from life, from the journey you've been on, in your heart of hearts, your true self, that's who you are. That's the dirty little secret of this group. That's my dirty little secret. I package it with this kind of Irish sense of humor, which is as likely to love you and give you a shot in the chops at the same time. <laughs> but in my heart of hearts, I want to motivate people. I want to inspire people. I want to help people. I want to love people. I want to give them. I want to empower them. You can do it. You can do it. You can get a heart. Absolutely get a heart. Come on. Sure, come on, come on. You want a brain? Come with where I'm going. Come on. That's who you are. She's ferociously positive. And there is no change in her no matter what the circumstances now let me tell you what dorothy is where she's a hero of mine and where i got to grow when she gets under duress she gets under pressure when she gets into a fight she stays a hundred percent true to who she is and stays ferociously positive she's ferociously positive when she's fighting the witch she's ferociously positive when she confronts the wizard this guy lied to them he lied to them. He pretended. He faked them out. He sent them to do something that could have cost them their life. And she confronts him. 
And she's ferociously positive. She stays true to herself in the midst of confrontation, under pressure, under the most arduous circumstances. Take a look at this video and watch how she stays true to her true nature of positive encouragement and love while confronting the things that are wrong. Let's take a look at this. Shame on you. Look, what did you do that for? I didn't buy them. No, but you tried to. It's bad enough picking on a straw man, but when you go around picking on poor little dogs. Well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Frightening him like that when he came to you for help. You cursed rat! Look what you've done! I'm melting! did. You killed her. I didn't mean to kill her. Really, I didn't. It's it's just that he was on fire. Hail to Dorothy. The wicked witch is dead. Hail! Hail to Dorothy. The wicked witch is dead. Who are you? Oh, I, I, I am the great and powerful wizard of Oz. You are? Uh, I don't believe you. No, I'm afraid it's true. There's no other wizard except me. You humbug! Yes, it's exactly so. I'm a humbug. Oh, you're a very bad man. Oh, no, my dear. I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. That's what happens when the truth is brought out. She's never ungracious. She never gets nasty. She never changes her truth. Let me tell you this, boys and girls. I doubt there's a leader in this room who could match that, including the guy on stage. You want goals? Watch The Wizard of Oz. You want a hero in leadership? We tend to invite generals. Fine. I've learned a lot from generals. That is great leadership. In that simple little movie, she changes not only the people's lives, she changes the wizard's lives, she changes the whole city's life. You look at transformational people in our world, that's who they were. Mother Teresa of Calcutta was raised in a convent less than a mile from our home in Dublin. Of course. (laughs) She went to a culture that was diametrically opposed to the faith she professed. She went on a mission of love. She went to the poorest, most downtrodden people in the world, in the whole world. The phrase in Ireland was the black hole of Calcutta. Because it was a black hole that people went into and swallowed them up. And she went in there in a mission love and she went to the wealthiest man in the biggest city. Poured out her vision and her heart for these children. And the man came around from his desk and he spat in her face and said, get out of here. And she said, now that was for me. What are you going to do for my children? And that man became 50% of the support for the Mother Teresa Foundation that lives on today and is one of the largest organizations anywhere in the world in helping the needy. Are you guys hearing me? Years ago, we coined the phrase, just being yourself is good enough to be great. This is the depth of it. You don't have to become, okay, I'm not getting my point across. I'm going to be an ass chewer. Okay, I'm dealing with this ego monster. Watch this. We're dealing with his pride. Watch it. You're prideful and egotistical. Watch this. It happens. It happens. It happens all the time. I'm in San Antonio one day, and I'm refueling, and this dude walks in, and he turns to me and he goes, are you the dude with the 45? 
I go, yeah. He goes, well, save your money. Maybe one day you can get a real plane. I wanted to go kick his ass. I wanted to find out what a real plane cost. What? Some dude I'm never going to meet again who has some kind of problem, who's so ingrained in his image and this and any other, he walks in with a $20 million plane and he's dissing my $14 million plane. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to get a real plane. What's wrong with me? All right. How many of you all of a sudden see Dorothy as a little more heroic than you thought? Could I see your hands? Guys, how many of you wouldn't mind being like Dorothy? Me too. Goals, as my kids say. Goals. That's a goal. Next, the scarecrow. All right. Why are we like the scarecrow? First of all, he had a desire to grow. Desire to grow. Don't we all have a desire to grow? Scarecrow had a desire to grow. Big time. Next, he wanted to lean into his gifts. His biggest frustration is, I want to lean into my gifts. And he wanted to fulfill the potential, his potential. So we're all like the scarecrow. Show of hands. How many of you have a desire to grow? Let me see your hands nice and high. How many of you have a desire to lean into your gifts? Got to see your hands. How many of you want to fulfill your God-given potential? Let me see your hands. Yes, sure you do. We're all like the scarecrow. And we are all like the scarecrow this way. Watch the scarecrow in action when she comes to him. Let's take a look at what the scarecrow's self-image of himself was. Let's take a look. My, it's good to be free. Did I scare you? No, no. I, I just thought you hurt yourself. But I didn't scare you? No, of course not. I didn't think so. Boo. Scared. Boo. You see, I can't even scare a crow. They come from miles around just to eat in my field and, and laugh in my face. Oh, I'm a failure because I haven't got a brain. Okay. Did the scarecrow have a brain? Yeah. He was always the one coming up with ideas. Is that true? I'm a failure because my name is a scarecrow and I can't scare away a what? Dude is eating his straw. People say all the time, gee, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Listen to what you and Joe talk about. Joe and I talk about some strange stuff. <laughs> Last night at 11 o'clock, he goes, Buff, did you know that the scarecrow was invented 3,000 years ago? All the different empires of the world, they all had scarecrows and that, that, that. And you know what the science shows? That the scarecrow's effectiveness loses its effectiveness after 72 hours. This is the advanced stuff. <laughs> Go and drink. Don't hang out with us. This is what we're talking about at 11 o'clock at night. Now, here's the thought, though. Scarecrow had a brain, but convinced himself he wasn't smart. Scarecrow said, I can't scare anyone because he doesn't know the context of the environment he's living in. And so he comes to the conclusion, I'm a what? In the quietness of your own heart, have you ever said that to yourself? Have you ever become the judge and jury? on how big of a loser you are in this area or that or this or that and the condemnation rains down and you're like the scarecrow you want to grow you want to lean into your gifts you want to fulfill your potential but there's also this part of you that goes you're a this you're a that you always do this you always do that and bump up 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 bump are you guys with me that's why it's helpful to be on the journey with some other folks in many ways and going on down the road together are you guys hearing me just so you know, not only is it great to be in an environment 
where people are wanting to grow, but it's okay to be in an environment where people are honest enough to say, yeah, I've had that thought. But you're really successful. I mean, there are people in this room that just haven't... You guys are freaking killing it. Unbelievable. And we have some phenomenal stories in this room on what people are doing and how they're performing and what they're doing. Staggering. More than I ever did in real estate. Amazing stuff. We got developers in this room. We're building, you know, giant projects and that, 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 that. Amazing. But everyone, no matter what the resume looks like, will have a question in their mind that goes... But I'm failure at this. Or I'm no good at that. So we're like the scarecrow. Next, the tin man. The tin man, we want to be affirmed for who we are. Of course we do. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a need. Why do I? Now, if you need constant affirmation, that's a different issue. But we all want to be affirmed for who we are. The next thing is we all want to lead with our hearts. We'd love to believe that doing the right things and being true to ourselves would make us a great leader. People are strange. My people are goofy. I mean, people seem totally normal until they come to work for you. <laughs> people seem totally normal until they become your client. Is that true? You meet them like, this is going to be great. And then Amityville horror breaks. I'm like, well, who is that? When did their head start spinning around in a 360? So it would be nice to think I could lead with my hearts and get stuff done. Now, with Dorothy, she wasn't a pushover. Is that true? Okay. That whole care frontation, she lived it. And then be true to ourselves. Be true to ourselves. A couple of thoughts on this. We'll connect you with the Tin Man, and this will be good food for thought. Let's take a look at the video of where we found the Tin Man, and I'll explain it after you see it. Let's take a look. Oh, did that hurt? No, it feels wonderful. I've held that axe up for ages. Goodness. Oh. How did you ever get like this? Oh, well, about a year ago, I was chopping that tree when suddenly it began to rain. And right in the middle of the chop, I, I rusted solid. I've been that way ever since. Okay. So what's that about? What was preventing the Tin Man from getting to where he wanted to go? He said, I've been holding this axe up for a year. You got any axes you're holding? You got any axes? There's people in your heart that you hold an axe with? Resentments, frustrations, bitterness. It rusts you solid. It stops you from growing. It stops you from getting to where you want to go. We've all been there. We've all done it. Let me give you this one. An Irishman has to tell you when he's being profound. You ready? Forgiveness is the oil can for the heart. You can't teach this stuff. You've got to be born with this. And forgiveness is the oil can for the heart. Forgiveness is the oil can for the heart. Oh, man, at the end of three days, how great would it be if there was a bunch of people in this room who resolved to put down the axe? Put down the axe. Put it down, listen, like this. Now what's left is an open hand. In this case, who's the tin man represent? The heart. An open heart can do great things. An open heart can achieve great things. An open heart is attractive to people. We're going to do some work on this during the course of this day today. I want you thinking about, is there anybody out there you got an axe against? Oh, by the way, 
When you hold the axe against the person, they get to rust you over. They own you. They have you stuck in place. Now, I, I don't want to get into the, the unhealthy side of this, which is do it to get your power back or whatever else. That might be a consequence of it, a positive consequence of it. But forgiveness, true forgiveness, finding a place for that true forgiveness will be an oil can for the heart and out of that flows great power. Sometimes it's a creeping thing that happened over time. Sometimes it was something very significant. Some of the stuff that I'm sure that's happened to people in this room, you got a reason to have an axe. I'm not saying you're not justified. I'm just saying you're stuck. And you want to grow and you want to get to the next level and you want to be fully who you're designed to be. Forgiveness is the oil can for the soul. The lion. How do we want to be like the lion? First, we want to let go of our fears. Would you guys agree with that? We want to let go of our fears. We want to let go of our fears. Next, we want to rely on our own character. That's all the lion wanted. He wanted to rely on his character. He's frustrated by it. He shed a lot of tears over it. The lion is representation of anxiety. You ever have any anxiety? Fret? Worry? You ever have that? That's what the lion represents. We want to live courageously. We want to live courageously. And so you know it's a tug of war. Living courageously is always a tug of war. And even when you're being courageous, it doesn't mean there's not doubts and fears and all that kind of stuff. And having access to all these special forces guys now, it's amazing how they, they do these amazingly courageous things. But it doesn't mean they don't have these other thoughts that they have to go through. It's a tug of war. This is a great example. The lion finds a sense of purpose he sees a goal. See, he's been so focused on himself and I need to fix this and I need to fix this and I need to fix this, which is one of the challenges we have in our culture today. Go see the therapist and see you next week. Not that the therapy is wrong. It's just we get in this rotation. See you next week, see you next week, see you next week. And the lion finally has a purpose. Someone he really cares about, something bad's about to happen to her. And so now he's going to go do the courageous thing. But even as he does the courageous thing, the very thing that caused him the problem in the first place is still there. Let's take a look. I've got a plan how to get in there. Fine. He's got a plan. And you're going to lead us. Yeah. Me? Yes, you. I... I... I got to get around there. That's right. All right. I'll go in there for Dorothy. Wicked witch, oh, no wicked witch. Gods and no gods, I'll tear them apart. I may not come out alive, but I'm going in there. There's only one thing I want you fellas to do. What's that? Talk me out of it. <laughs> Beautiful. Right? He found the purpose. He's going to do it. And even when you're being courageous, it doesn't mean you don't have a doubt or two. Are you guys with me? Here's what I know. I can't drop this content on an ordinary audience. Okay? I know that. I've had the privilege of training over 3 million people. The podcast reaches a couple hundred thousand people every month in 130 countries. But I know this. You are like Dorothy in that you're ferociously positive. And you want to go through life as an example of your true self. True? I know you're smart. I know you're smart like the scarecrow. You just need to have that belief and know that you are. The Tin Man. We start getting that oil can of forgiveness out and we're going to put down axes. The heart opens up and now life opens up. And then just like the lion, 
Once you know the purpose, once you have the clear picture, once you know what it is that really motivates you and inspires you and stirs you, you're going to do what it takes. I may not come out alive. And it doesn't mean you have doubt. But if you have a couple of people with you on the journey that can encourage you, that have your back, that are connected with you, good things are going to happen. In the immortal world of Dr. Seuss, who lived right down the street here in La Jolla, California, one of my greatest sources of quotes, he said this, Today you are you, and that is truer than true, and there is no one alive who is youer than you. All I'm trying to get, all I'm after, you guys know me, I'm not trying to have you spend three days coming away being more enamored with the man behind the curtain. I want you to be more enamored with the person sitting in your seat, inspired and encouraged by who you are and what you are. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our goal is to positively influence as many folks as we can, so be sure to share it with others. And don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, we love hearing the feedback. You can check out the show notes on thebrianbuffinishow.com. We're on Android, so you can download your favorite podcast app from Google Play and tune in for free. So as I finish here today, I'd like to leave you with the Irish blessing that Brian always ends the show on. It's something his grandfather used to always say, May the roads rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Mm-hmm.